Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, thanks for joining me here at the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Really appreciate you being here. Let's get to it and talk about an important aspect of what is in the new cycle today. If you're paying attention at all to what's going on since the killing of George Floyd and the resulting riots, you're aware that there's a movement now to defund the police. This is the phrase they use. Now, you can imagine that I, like probably everybody who listens to this podcast, uh, finds this idea kind of ridiculous. Um, understanding that we need the police. Most police are good, valuable, helpful, noble, patriotic people. We need to support them. Uh, We need to help them. Obviously, there are some departmental standards that need to be upgraded. Obviously, there's some training that needs to be upgraded. Uh, Obviously, we have something going amok in some police departments to some extent. Okay, how's that for broad? But there is an aspect of this defund the police uh, that is not really about completely eradicating police departments. There is an aspect of it. There's a portion of people who realize it's a negotiating tactic. And what they're really trying to do is demilitarize the police. Let's talk about that for just a little bit. It's a long-standing aspect of American law that the American military cannot be turned on the American people. Um, After the American Civil War, there was a uh, body of law, 1878, called the Posse Comitatus Act. The Posse Comitatus Act essentially forbade the use of the American military for enforcing laws with uh, um, the American populace, with civilians. In other words, the American military, of course, originally that would have just been Army, and then in time, Navy and and Air Force, etc., Marines, obviously, but the idea originally was that they this, this was intended to separate the police policing function and keep policing function a local entity, a local responsibility. But you could not have the national government with its military enforcing the laws. This is what encouraged dictatorships. Uh, this would result in oppression. This would remove responsibilities from the state and the local level, which is something that the U.S. Constitution and most of our body of laws for most of our history was very intent upon doing. So this is the core issue, this Posse Comitatus Act, uh, which though it's undergone some modifications since, as late as in the 70s, 1970s, the main goal is to prevent the federal government from using its armed forces to enforce the laws of the union upon citizens. Now, you may say, well, during 9-11, I saw uh, soldiers on the streets and I've seen, uh, you know, the National Guard used, uh, you know, here recently to quell some of these riots, etc. Yeah, there are some provisions, uh, disasters, attacks, etc., where the military can be used. But this is an important issue. And some of the people who are calling for the defunding the police really don't expect to defund the police. In fact, they don't even really want it. What they want is the demilitarizing of the police. So let's talk about this aspect for a minute in light of Posse Comitatus. I really want to urge you to watch the miniseries on Netflix right now called Waco. Some of you will remember back in 1993, uh, just outside of Waco, Texas, uh, there was a compound of what what they called themselves Branch Davidians. And there were at one point about 150 Branch Davidians, and they was without question a cult. I have some specialization in cults, and they are in every way a cult. Um, 
the the they came into conflicts with authorities because they were ordering a stockpiling a huge amount of weapons. That's what drew attention to them initially. But then, second of all, there were allegations that they were abusing their children. Uh, probably the abuse of, of minors was not uh, a genuine charge. But on that basis, in 1993, this compound was surrounded by FBI and ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Um, and I think you, those of you who are old enough or those of you who have studied it will remember that it ended in disaster. Uh, the entire compound was burned. Uh, 50, 60 people were killed. It was really, really horrible. Now, one of the reasons I want to draw your attention to this miniseries is that it depicts the conflict, even amongst FBI agents and ATF agents, uh, the conflict that has to do with um, how much should these federal bureaus be um, allowed to use military hardware um, and military weapons against civilians? given the Posse Comitatus Act. In fact, I believe in this miniseries, certainly in the book it was based on, the Posse Comitatus Act is actually mentioned. And so what happened was the ATF, uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, now we were glad they're in the world, we're glad they're a branch of the U.S. government, um, but they came to to this cult that, yes, was armed, but was not, uh, you know, a foreign government, um, with tanks, uh, with choppers, uh, with automatic weapons fire, um, with gas. And of course, famously, they also use psychological warfare, uh, the sound of rabbits being killed, uh, loud rock music played uh, all night, uh, other, other kinds of things, people screaming um, very, very loudly into the compound. The idea, of course, to disrupt them psychologically and prevent sleep. In fact, they also used Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Were Made for Walking, for those of you who know of it. But anyway, uh, obviously used to destabilize people psychologically and prevent sleep. Now, the, the, the question that arises, I'm not, I'm not at this point trying to make a, any kind of point about the conflict regarding the um, David Koresh's group and the Branch Davidians. Uh, my main concern is this. My main question is this. Uh, when is it allowable for federal, or federal um, branches of government and a policing function to use weapons of war on American citizens? Okay, I'm obviously not in favor of the Branch Davidians. I obviously think they're a cult. And David Koresh was nuts, um, the guy who was in charge. But the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, it was called the BATF back at that time. Now it's just called the ATF, um, used weapons that would have been used at war, tanks, um, again, automatic weapons, helicopters, uh, gas, incendiaries, all kinds of things. To against American citizens. Is this allowed? Should it be allowed? Um, and that's part of what's going on now in the riots, in what's happening uh, in the streets. Uh, we want a police force there. Obviously, I think 99% of the American population wants a good, moral, ethical, restrained, character-rooted police force that's well-armed. No question about it. Um, but when you see an entire police force in riot gear, um, when possibly uh, tanks are used, um, when I don't think there's any, any allegation that automatic weapons are used, um, but when these kinds of uh, choppers and tanks and military hardware is used beyond just a, the personal equipping of an officer, 
uh, have, has this gone too far? Now, this is going to be a discussion in our society for quite some time, because I would suggest to you that, that no one really seriously believes we're going to defund the police departments. What they do believe is that we're going to demilitarize them. We're going to reduce uh, the military provisioning of local police departments, um, which, by the way, in many cases, is not so much about crime. So this is something that's going to be much, much debated. And I would suggest it's the real goal of the defund the police effort, that it's a desire to, I'm not saying the people walking the street are saying out loud, posse comitatus, but it's a simply, it's, it's a desire to reduce this military lean and orientation and equipping of local police departments um, in preference to um, a, a, a policing that is more community centric, more arising organically from the community, less military, less foreign, so to speak. I don't mean that in terms of international, but less outside of that region. Uh, more understanding of the situations that there that are there. And by the way, uh, those officers more and more being people from that local community. So. This is, this is where the debate's going to be. And I'm trying to frame that debate, not necessarily at the moment take, a, take a, a side in it. You obviously know that I'd be in favor of police departments. You obviously know that I think policing is important. Uh, I don't know where we'd be without police. And so the, the people who are quoting defund the police as though they think we're going to eradicate or make illegal police departments are just wrongheaded. But there is an important debate that's going to happen. And you already see it arising on the floor of Congress. And it relates to the Posse Comitatus Act. It relates to what the military can do in enforcing the laws of the Union. It relates to the tactics that can be used uh, against American citizens. And I would suggest that the riots that we've had recently are going to raise this question. And we either need to have some new structures in our laws um, or we need to free up the military to play a role. Now, what Donald Trump has done is he has used the symbolism of the military without actually deploying the military. I felt sorry for the joint chairman of the Joint Chiefs, who, as you may know, was heading to the Pentagon, changed clothes into his uh, fatigues, which is st standard dress day in, day out for uh, people in the U.S. Army. My father was an Army officer, came home every day in fatigues uh, when he wasn't in his, in his uh, dress greens or dress blues. And that, that's the, sort of the, the suit that you see officers in, maybe when you're, you're watching a TV show about the, the White House or West Wing or something. And so this general, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, changed into his fatigues. And then Trump called him and said, come, come with me as I go out into Lafayette Park. And this poor guy went out with his fatigues on. Well, it brought the American military to bear on what was, first of all, just a photo op. But second of all, made it appear as though the U.S. military was involved in this policing effort in Lafayette Park. And of course, it caused great consternation. Is Trump deploying the American military against um, what at the time anyway was relatively peaceful protesters? Now, again, I'm trying hard to be objective in this um, in this podcast and not take sides because what I want you to do is think it through. And what I, want, I want those of you who are in office to think through what our laws are, what our laws should be, and to realize that there's a big national debate coming on these issues. Should local police be armed? and permitted to function as essentially a military force. At the national level, should a president be allowed to use either the symbolism or the actual force of the military upon civilians in times of riots? 
And it's important for us to debate this thing because this is this is where the lines get crossed in foreign countries. When you see dictators, when you see the uh, army of a given country used against civilians, um, when you see the military essentially maintaining order and you don't have what has been part of the genius of the American system, uh, and that is local policing, um, cultural and, and context-sensitive policing um, with people who are from the local region and able to understand the times and speak the language in every way, etc. Uh, when you go beyond that, you begin to have problems. And there is some protesting that's going on now that is specifically referencing what I'm talking about right now and aware that what they want is a demilitarization. So we obviously have some reforms coming uh, when it, regarding the American military. There's no question this is happening. There's, there's already a, a bill being proposed in Congress uh, by the House Democrats. Uh, others will, will go in the same direction. And I wanted you to be aware of the roots, that after the American Civil War, there was great concern, obviously, about Union troops, national troops, um, after Reconstruction was over, uh, enforcing the laws of the Union, particularly in the South. This led to the Posse Comitatus Act of 1878, which is continu- which continues to be force, in force, is federal law, does have criminal penalties, um, has been modified slightly, and now is part of a debate about what role our military can take in enforcing the laws domestically. And I'll tell you that we you have seen Marines on the streets, but that was largely during 9-11, uh, largely in times of disaster. Uh, yes, Army helicopters were helping people uh, in New Orleans during Katrina. So there's a little bit of blurring the lines, and some of the, and a, lot, a great deal of that is according to law and allowed, and some of the modifications that have been made six eighteen seventy eight. But what is the, going to be the will of the people? What's going to be the will of our, law, our lawmakers when it comes to the U.S. military playing a role? Um, I think it's the lean of this president, this current president, to involve the American military in what would be considered, and I'm not trying to to slant this debate here, I'm trying to define what would be traditionally considered a violation of posse comitatus. I think he would move the army in on protesters. I think he would move the National Guard in. Uh, I think he would use not only the symbols, but the reality. And what we have to have as as a country is a debate uh, in the halls of Congress about these matters because we've got long-standing issues of law, and by the way, wise issues of law at stake here. So be aware of the issues. Check it out on your own. I strongly suggest you watch this show on Netflix called Waco, which um, I reference because it is one of the great debate points in graduate seminars and in police academies and uh, and, and, and military training situations that it's always referenced. And now there's a really, really good recent uh, miniseries, dramatic miniseries that shows this tension that you have this lightly armed cult and essentially you have a military operation against it. Is it constitutional? Is it allowed? Is it what you want? Should it have been left to local police? These are the things I want you to think about as you watch this. And then be aware that a national debate is coming, which is an important one, even though we can get upset. And I find, of course, a lot of people in the defund the police uh, side to be rather silly. Uh, The fact of the matter is there's an important debate behind it. We need to be ready for it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, 
Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.